0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to Probably True. For this episode, I am joined by the delightful CJ DeBarra, who is an expert on sex, ADHD, sex with ADHD, Several other things, I'm sure. They've written a book about it and everything. Anyway, they're here to tell us a story about living a secret double life, being paid to masturbate by a national newspaper, and almost drowning in a sea of dick. There's a longer version of our chat available on patreon.com forward slash probably true for anyone who wants to support the show. Just saying. Let's go! <laughs> This is probably true. Please be aware that the following contains strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them.
1: I never set out to be a sex writer. I don't think anybody sets out to be one, but that's, that's how my life has gone. When I was growing up, like sex education, sex toys, sex anything um, just was not talked about. You know, being gay wasn't talked about. I was taught by nuns. That really sets the tone for, you know, my my childhood. When I got older, I moved to art college in Limerick. I went to work for a fairly well-known sex shop while I was there that I won't name just in case.
0: They want a plug, they can pay for it. Basically, yeah, the
1: thing. The thing.
0: <laughs> they are more than welcome to sponsor the podcast, but um, they're not getting anything for free.
1: I came from a setting where I didn't really talk about sex. You didn't, you didn't talk about periods, anything. You literally did not talk about anything body related or mental health or any of it. So all of a sudden I'm in a retail setting where I have to start talking about dildos. My day to day is now like putting the price tag on anal beads. It's a high street sex shop. So, you know, we're not talking about the the particular sort of like niche stuff niche stuff that's out there so obviously me being me I had to go and find the niche stuff that was out there but I would deliberately seek out like unusual or seedier or a little bit like off the beaten track kind of sex shops just to see how far can I push this like what can I find like what's out there And at the same time, I got really used to being able to use these words when I'm talking to people as well. It was quite an education. Because it was your nine to five, you got a little bit sick of it. (laughs) And it would literally be a case of if I see one more f***ing dildo at this point, I'm going to scream. And not in a good way. (laughs) So I moved to Dublin and I... I'd been running a blog at that point and it was it was kind of about fashion so really far removed from anything um sex toy related and <laughs> I started to do a lot of like really personal journalism particularly around gay marriage and civil partnership so that'll tell you what kind of era that was that that was going on I had a dating column actually at, at that point and I noticed that like the more I kind of wrote from my own Personal life and my own personal perspective. The more of that kind of stuff, people really related to it. So that that was really lovely.
0: The Irish Carrie Bradshaw, nice.
1: <laughs> and I couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It was Carrie Bradshaw. I am not. I was more of a Primark than a Prada budget when it came to shoes. So um, <laughs> I had to emigrate to England, as a lot of Irish people did around that time, because the country really wasn't in a good place. So straight away what I found about English people was they were they were so much more open around talking about things. I know. That's like,
0: not something we hear often about English people. Oh, much more open about talking about sex and mental no, health and like
1: things. It was the thing. You actually had clubs. You had places to go. People were a lot more comfortable talking about things and using certain words. And I I definitely noticed it was, a, I mean, to be fair, we are talking about somebody that grew up surrounded by nuns. So uh, it was always going to be more open here. <laughs> <laughs> i started kind of the long struggle of trying to get into journalism in this country and i mean i took any job that i could get whatever put the food on the table and the rent paid i wrote it you know some things that i'm proud of some that i'm really not that proud of but I, you know i spent four years working in the clay shooting sports industry yeah i know that's as weird as you can imagine that's that's fascinating
0: Carry carry on like, I just I'm just imagining that as like the clay shooting blog as in like we threw a thing in the air shot at it missed yeah, it
1: that was it
0: Then we threw another thing and I shot at it and hit it it's a good day. <laughs>
1: that's the thing with journalism, like no two days are ever the same. So I went to work there and I'm very much a a lefty vegan queer person (laughs) with like a shaved head and tattoos. And I was among people that didn't vote the same way I did. I was among like people that were, you know, very confirmed meat eaters. And I got very used to having a secret life where I just didn't talk about veganism or like vegetarianism or just (laughs) voting for Outside of the Tories. And um, I learned to hide parts of myself very successfully. But it was a very strange four years. But it was it was great, actually, to be fair. I I got kind of, I could see the appeal because when you went to like shoots and things, it was so fast paced that it was actually quite fun. I came across a job for a CBD magazine. We didn't really cover like the the sort of recreational side of of cannabis and and CBD, that kind of thing. We were more focused on health. It is very weird having a job where all of a sudden, like you are being sent all of these products to try because we did a lot of reviews. And at one point it crossed my mind. I was like, I cannot believe I get paid in my day job to sample CBD suppositories literally got sent a box of those and they are the best thing in the world ever for period pain, I might add, Um, but that's, I am not paid and that is not a plug. It just literally, I think everybody should know. that.
0: Fascinating. I love that as well. It's like, hello, here's some stuff to review, stick it up your bum.
1: (laughs) That was literally it. They were like, here you go. (laughs) Have a nice evening. (laughs) It's great having a job where they send you like lube to sample, and they're just like, "Yeah, I see what you think." Okay, <laughs> I started to turn my attention to sex toys because the magazine was like, "Well, we we want to kind of move into more wellnessy to- that that area more generally." I started to find the most incredible people doing the most bizarre and wonderful things. Like, I met um, one lady who wa- built a vibrator that can record people's orgasms so like show you like what stage your arousal is at through charts and she sent me one i was like this is incredible like she was like oh would you like to try it i was like um you know (laughs) okay if you don't mind
0: i i have this thing on my wrist that that tracks my calories burnt and i have an app that i use to track how much i eat and stuff like that and how much sleep i get and how many steps i do how many times i come a day and how hard and when and all that that seems like an extra level of tracking that i'm not sure i need in my life
1: I've, I've written an entire book about how ADHD interferes with my sex life. Um, Same.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: and one that was one thing that I really wanted to have a look at because I wanted to be able to see if I could track what worked and what didn't work. So that was mm-hmm. that was kind of why I got interested in that. I also met a person who runs a sex toy range in Nottingham, which is called Tentacles, and it, they make kind of alien-shaped sex toys. As a non-binary person, I, I tend to veer away from toys that are sort of phallic-shaped, you know, like the old-school like great honk and dick things. Not interested. I really want to try and find something that's as non-gendered as I possibly can.
0: Seen a dick, thank you. Not impressed. What else you got?
1: Thanks, but no. <laughs> this was a whole new level of, like, you know, what was available out there. And there is an, an entire, not just an industry for alien-shaped and, like, fantasy-shaped and, like, sci-fi and horror and all of these things. Not just an industry, but a community of people that, like, collect them and have them as, like, on their mantle... Well, maybe not their mantelpiece, but you get the idea. So... That was definitely an eye-opening experience. I also ended up writing for The Independent around this time. When you think of the Independent, you kind of think of like, you know, it's, it's very newsy, straight-laced newspaper, newspaper.
0: A respectable journal. Yes.
1: My dad could read that. I started reviewing CBDT and then I pitched to them about the sex toy reviews and thought they're never going to go for this in a million years and they only bloody did not only that but actually they came to me and asked for three more additional articles after i wrote the original one
0: you get to wank for a living that's pretty good
1: i got like paid to put cbd in parts of myself that i hadn't before and getting like paid to (laughs) review all these things it's it's just bizarre but
0: it's not stuff um, you expect to see on careers day at school is it it's not really
1: tell you this about journalism they really really don't even when I was training I kind of thought oh my god I'm gonna have to like report the news shit I don't want to do that but I was always really interested in like feature writing and investigations and things like that so this you know everything I've done since is one of those two things
0: (laughs) and you can you can still apply a journalistic rigor to your masturbation and and sex toy reviews it's it's definitely a soft skill that can transfer yeah definitely
1: this is it like i did the hard work so nobody else had to do you know what i mean at this point i was like shit i don't actually have that many sex toys like you know i mean how many do we all realistically have like one maybe two and you have to get somewhere in between eight and 14 that's the the weird numbers that they were like no this is your this is your range and I remember putting a call out would anybody mind sending some products and I thought Christ if I get 5 I will be lucky and I was not at all prepared for the absolute onslaught that arrived at my house it was an avalanche of dick it was it was just mind blowing every single company major company in the land came back and said uh yeah we're interested okay what do you want and I'm like I don't know what you got and I would get these boxes and I'm like this is a giant box for one dildo and I'd open it and there'd be 20 in there and I'm going shit okay, <laughs> I'm in trouble I'm really in trouble here and of course at this point I'm not always able to answer the front door so the boxes are going to my neighbors who are all lovely people we do not know each other's names we do not know jack shit about each other which is you know the way things are supposed to be <laughs>
0: that's that's normal and natural yeah anything else and is weird yeah do not
1: Know anything about your neighbors you don't want them knowing that you've got like you know 20 dildos coming from like some website in fucking devon or somewhere like that
0: they usually say oh it comes in oh, discreet packaging thank
1: God for that. yes that was the only saving grace here that all of these boxes arrived with no branding and no information, so I'd just be like, oh, yeah, "Thanks." And- I
0: was expecting there to be like a shipping label that just said "Sender: Big Giant Dildos Limited." or something like that or like they hand you a box and it's already vibrating as they hand it over because something's oh, been God, triggered or
1: even because genuinely my biggest fear was the already vibrating thing because we had a situation at one point when we were driving to a festival to go and talk about my my book and go and talk about dildos and and at one point we pulled over and we were going to go and get some like snacks and what have you and we, there was like this weird noise coming from the car we were driving like a what a 1997 Micra, so you know, weird noises are pretty much a given. We were so close to like ringing roadside assistance only for the fact that at the last minute I realized one of the dildos had gone off and it was just vibrating next to the window and wouldn't stop. So it does happen. <laughs>
0: I I also love the the phrase, one of the dildos had gone off.
1: Oh it yeah, just... there was a bag of like ten of them.
0: <laughs> Amazing. For some reason I would expect if one started, all the others would join in. Like there's a ringleader. There's definitely one that's gonna encourage the others.
1: I mean ringleader is probably the wrong choice of words there, but um <laughs> there was definitely there was definitely one that had ideas and um it was yeah, it was thank God we didn't call anybody because it was very close. Um
0: I'm sure.
1: I'm still to this day incredibly thankful to all the companies that did get involved because it was it was insane um, you've I, got a
0: lifetime supply now
1: uh, I just... what I had to do because genuinely at one point like the house was just it was wild i'm imagining
0: um, like rich people have those walk-in wardrobes with just row upon row of shoes that go like up to head height and that i'm just imagining that but with a variety of different implements
1: i basically put a message in the group chat and said help
0: <laughs> i'm drowning in dildos
1: i love drowning here i've always wanted to like give things away to my friends and my family and like people that I know and and donate stuff. And you can't really donate dildos, even if the box hasn't been Um, opened. They don't take them at the charity shops either. Yeah. Sue Ryder is definitely not up for that. Basically, I just said to the lads, look, no questions asked. DM me, tell me what you're into and I'll see if I've got anything in the the box for you. (laughs) As (laughs) it very much were. When I left the drug journalism and and the shooting and all the the mad shit that I'd been doing, I went into work in local news. And local news is possibly one of the most batshit environments I have ever worked in. Like literally so many weird experiences that... I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it. You were so sort of public-facing in that you were meeting people every single day. You know, the public could, like, click on your name and see all the things you'd written. You you would be very in, in touch with the communities that you lived in. So, like, it was very important to, like keep my night job <laughs> separate. So thankfully at that point I'd already changed my name and you know it wasn't as um terrifying as it could have been, but what I'm...
0: dildos? Me? No, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a coat rack.
1: Thankfully, I don't know how I managed to do it for like two years where I didn't get caught. It was Insane. And I remember like sitting in a newsroom at one point and like a colleague talking about people that like review sex toys for a living. And I remember sitting there going, no one in this room has any idea what I do when I'm like not on the clock. And it was, yeah, it was just bizarre. It was like two completely parallel lives. And that, that's super fun. Like, it's really, really fun to have a secret. And I remember at one point, my parents had come over from Ireland and we had been out for the day. My mum said at one point, right, oh, I just want to use the bathroom before we, you know, after we drop you off, if that's all right. I had a lodger at that point who is one of my best friends and she was in the house with her partner. And I sent the most panicked message you have ever seen going, hide the drugs, hide the dildos, she's coming in. And how she missed my friend's partner running up the stairs with just boxes in his arms is beyond me. Like, she knows that I've got a medical cannabis prescription, but, you know, I don't need her to see that. And I definitely don't need her to see my my dildos of any description so um got away with it got away with it
0: yeah they're not as easy to hide as people think you can't just chuck something over it because people will notice
1: yeah no they will and if you've got 70 of them people can't fail to notice that your house is a literal den of sin during that time I remember like I was writing about the sort of terrible advice that you got from uh, women's magazines back in the day, you know, like your mall magazines or like Just 17, you know, where they would tell you to like do all this horrendous shit that was just not medically sound. I thought, right, okay, I'm going to take the advice of my youth from these publications. And I'm also going to look at like what these publications are now. So I bought Cosmopolitan for the first time in like, god knows how many years and i came across enhance the uk uh, had a, a mention in there and they are a disability charity that do all kinds of wonderful wonderful things they kind of aim to strip back the taboo of all things sex and disability as well so i was reading this and i was like wow cosmopolitan have really come on a bit since the uh Terrifying old days. And I reached out to Enhance and started working with them, doing lots of sex writing and lots of talking about ADHD and sex and relationships and lots of talking about queer ADHD, sex and relationships, and what that looks like. Around this time as well, I sort of realized I am exhausted because it takes a lot of energy to hide who you are literally every day. And I was like and and to not tell people what you do for a living and to have two completely separate jobs as well, there's a lot of management that goes into that. And I just got tired of like waiting for my mother to do that inevitable Google search of my name at some point and for her to like literally like fall through the floor. It started to have an effect on me both physically and mentally and socially as well, actually, because from a physical point of view, I looked exhausted.
0: Not surprised if you're spending every night wanking yourself senseless, then you've got to get up for a day job.
1: I was absolutely just wrecked. I started to see that I was, I just looked physically, physically ruined. (laughs) And also, so socially, I found that I had no time. I just had no time. I couldn't go to events with my friends because I was constantly working or, you know, constantly doing other things. That sucks because a lot of my, the journalism that I was doing was going to events and going to Pride or all of these things. And I mean, I would be going to Pride socially anyway. So my argument was, eh, well, if I'm going to be there anyway, I might as well. And it's an entirely different thing because you can't drink, you can't, you're running around the whole time trying to get the best shots, trying to get the best like quotes, you know, all of this stuff. And I couldn't keep it going. I just couldn't keep it going. I was wrecked, just wrecked. And I'm really glad now to have narrowed because I think it's quite common for ADHD people to have multiple jobs because we operate at such a quick speed and we're always looking for that sort of like that new buzz of something exciting. But I have reduced my workload in terms of like, I'm no longer doing the big secrecy stuff. (laughs) You know, my my employers are very aware of what I do and I don't have to hide anything. And, And that, that makes a huge difference. I feel so much better as a result of being able to be openly a sex writer and a sex positive person, you know.
0: Definitely. It's surprising. In in the moment, it doesn't feel like a big thing. And then when you actually get to like, let go of that stuff, and anything that you have to do day to day that takes that much energy, you don't realize it after a while, because we get used to anything. And then after, after six months or a year, and it's all cumulative, and it's building up, and it's building up. And then eventually, when you actually get to put it down, and just not have to do it again, it's such a revelation how it how how different things are, and how much easier stuff is.
1: Yeah, it was a huge relief to be able to like close the laptop on a Friday and go, right, I'm going to walk away from this now. And it's it has a, a knock-on effect in not just the fact that I've got more energy and I look like myself again and I feel like myself again, got more time for my partner, I've got more time for my friends, I can communicate so much better. I'm not going to an event and then going, right, Kate, okay, got my photos, going to have to go, lads, I've got a file, and then running back going, okay, I'm off the clock now, I can have a pint. <laughs>
0: You said no one no one clocked. Were there any times they got closed?
1: I was so quiet about it, which is painful when you're a person with ADHD that, you know, I have no filter, I have no off button, no, no volume down, no none of that. So for me to not be able to talk about what I was doing in that sense because it was so cool and it was so interesting and fascinating and fun and then you know to not be able to talk about that was really 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 difficult
0: you're like the sex batman and your utility belt would just be various different dildos and lubes and things
1: so i ended up joining enhance as a trainer and a writer so that's i've made this my day job now which is has been the absolute making of me because I have been able to do things that I never thought possible. Like this summer I joined Enhance at Shambhala festival in wilderness I went to talk about uh, neurodiversity and sex and relationships so I got to take along like the props that had been or I call them props now this is the difference basically the dildos that had been sent to me and the ones that were unused I hasten to add um have now been granted a a new lease of life in that they are props that I take in to show like okay this is this is what you can find out there you know there's what I call clit suckers which is probably not the technical term for them but
0: does what it's has on the tin.
1: I mean, it it literally does exactly what you think it would do. So why not? Why not call it a clit sucker? And uh,
0: presumably, it does it quite well if you've hung on to them and and you're taking them places.
1: I mean, I fuck it. I had like six or seven of them in the in the wow. stockpile of things i had been sent over the years because even when i finished writing for the independent like people were still sending me sex toys and still going oh hi we've just had this thing come out do you want to give it a whirl i'm like yeah go on then i've got not got anything on friday fuck it why not um, and um so you know i it just there is this absolute moment where like i'm in a Tent at these festivals, surrounded by people who have come to hear what we have to say and like come to listen to me talk. And I'm like, why? Why, you know? And I'm just like sitting on stage talking about my ADHD, which was, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, I wouldn't be the only person that's neurodivergent that has actual trauma around like, you know, growing up as a neurodivergent person, particularly a queer non-binary, I should add as well, neurodivergent person. So being able to talk about that, get a few laughs, get a few, like, you you can see people nodding, they're enjoying it. And I'm just holding up these toys and getting to talk about it and say things like fisting, anybody? No. No fisting
0: presumably think... to see if they've any stories about it rather than volunteers but I mean
1: we didn't want any volunteers coming forward you know and just to clarify that uh we weren't happy with just talking about it I also got to go back to Cork as well which is the county that I come from and go to like what is one of the, the biggest universities in the country and like somewhere that I thought was very off limits for me as a creative queer person I went to art college I essentially spent four years like coloring my feelings and and somebody handed me a degree after basically doing performance art for like four years it's good so, isn't it? I mean
0: <laughs> better than a real job um,
1: What a time to be alive. I got to do the exact same thing. And there was this moment where I had to say, I think, again, it was the word fisting. I don't know why it's such a, I I keep coming back to that word. But I had to say that to a group of these students. It dawned on me that I am back where I grew up and I'm now able to say words like this. There's no shock. There's no terror. There's no, nobody fled the scene. No, no sirens, no fainting, no nuns, no religion. You know, it's come on a lot since I was based there and it was just so freeing to be able to to say hello you know (laughs) this is me this is what I do for a living okay let's have a big filthy chat shall we
0: (laughs) with the testing of the different dildos and stuff did it become a bit of a slog if you're like oh god just some nights you just want to get it done but when you've got a deadline, and you've got to have tried all 15 different devices and ranked them, presumably.
1: You do definitely start to reach a point where you're like, I just want a night off. <laughs> I want an eye off from getting off. I'm bored uh, of this orgasm. I'm bored of this now. (laughs) But luckily, because, you know, they they sort of say, oh, you you know, no no more than 14. I could kind of pick, right, okay, let's... (laughs) No more than 14, please. (laughs) I would go through literally, right, okay, I did one on quiet vibrators. Okay, let's try and get like a broad range of loads of different things. So you have like your clit suckers, you have your insertion things you have like anal vibrating things whatever it might be you just sort of uh, you just had to get through it (laughs) you were definitely very grateful to have a break from writing one article before you started the next (laughs) and whenever i finish a talk i always say right i'm going to hang around for a bit afterwards and you can come meet me come and buy a book or come and just have a chat and i have been blown away by how many people just want to come up and say oh my god I'm autistic. I I got ADHD as well. I'm I'm bipolar. I I'm, I'm this 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 this. And I'm like this is absolutely just God. This is exactly the chat that I wish I could have had growing up. I didn't know anybody with ADHD for a very very long period of time. So one thing that you have to get very good at being able to sort of think very very quickly because people will tell you their personal stories and their personal journeys and like asks you ask you very in-depth questions and you know I'm not medically trained I never claimed to be a doctor or a psychologist or anything like that and I'm quite open about that in literally you know page two of my book I'm like please dear God do not diagnose yourself or, or take my word as medical gospel. I'm an
0: enthusiastic amateur do not take my advice.
1: <laughs> I'm just somebody who has had a lifetime of this so. <laughs> but like at the same time please God just use any advice with caution (laughs) um it can be quite challenging to think of of how to to talk to people because some people they've really reached a point where they are just like they're dying to talk to somebody anybody they need that help they they can't get access to things they're finding it really difficult to get the answers to what they need so luckily within my current job they they run a thing called the love lounge which you can send in these sort of questions and have like experts answer your questions so like occupational therapists you know all of those sort of people that actually do have the medical grounding I used to be a sexual health outreach worker at one point as well where I would go and talk about STDs and I would be the person standing up in the 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 front of in front of students going gloves gloves And, you know, and like, everybody, please, for the love of God, just wear a condom, please. (laughs) And again, you would have those conversations with people. And I remember going to training where they were like, you are going to have people coming up to you and going, I've got this rash. And you are going to need to be able to say not what it is. <laughs> but you know, you're gonna you're gonna need to talk to them and have those kind of conversations. As a journalist, people go into huge amount of detail. I'm currently working on something at the moment, which is a history book of. Nottingham's LGBT scene from 1960 to today, and the amount of like people that I spoke to that opened up about cottaging, cruising, threesomes, polyamory, all of these wonderful things that are like such a huge part of queer history and queer present. I've gotten so used to it that I just <laughs> it just absolutely washes over me at this point. Do you know what I mean? So like, no, I think I've reached a point where I'm unshockable. <laughs>
0: See that sounds like a challenge.
1: Another company sent in what has to be one of the biggest dildos that I have ever seen, like ever. See, it was huge. It was absolute beast of a thing. Like it was an absolute weapon. And I, re- I was like, I can't even. Like, there's, there is no amount of lube and prayers that is going to get that thing anywhere, anywhere. Like, just, just let's. Just, you know, um, so I, thankfully the company had given me like a, a range to choose from. So I was like, right, okay, I'm just going to leave this over here and I'm just never going to look at it again.
0: Just pop um, it on a coffee table. Just make it a thing in your flat.
1: Actually, I did manage to, I did manage to to find somebody who, who wanted it. So um, it has gone to a good home.
0: <laughs> good for them.
1: You know what? Fair play to you. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. All right, let's pay some bills. Let's sell some stuff because capitalism is king. What do you want people to know and buy and take away from our little chat?
1: really like people to potentially consider possibly please buying is my first book, which is Neuroqueer, a neurodivergent guide to love, sex and everything in between. So that looks at everything from like hyperactivity to hyperfocus to no focus to All of the things about how my ADHD interacts with my sex, love life and relationships. And I aimed that solely at LGBT, trans and non-binary people and women as well, actually, because we are traditionally left out of the conversations around ADHD. And our diagnoses are often missed as well. And there's very little to absolutely zero out there, particularly if you are a trans person who has ADHD, you'll know that there is very, very little out there. But you can also find me on all of the social medias as well under CJ Debara and you can buy the book through most bookshops in the UK so weirdly like it's been amazing watching all the bookshops pick it up over time like so we're now like in places like waterstones five leaves and nottingham news from nowhere in liverpool um if you do not have it in your bookshop you can walk in demand and stage a sit-in i would really appreciate that if you did
0: all of that will be in the show notes anyway so you, you okay. should be able to click on it if you just look on whatever you're listening to this or watching this on uh, everything you need will be in the notes as a result of being a, a spicy brain queer sex writing person if you had one bit of advice to give to the world to all 12 of my listeners what would it be <sighs>
1: I think it would definitely be don't fear the weird and just lean into it. Just, you know what, like some of the best experiences that I've ever had have been through just embracing the absolute absurdity of everyday life and the weird and wonderful people that I've met along the way that has opened so many doors for me and just enriched my life on just a personal level and a professional level and honest to god if i could do it all again i would no questions asked but yeah don't be afraid to say yes to what sounds like utter madness
0: that was probably true the lgbtq plus storytelling project created to remind all of our queer siblings that we are none of us alone if you liked it then join the patreon or just tell all your friends if you didn't like it tell me come at me bro